0: Welcome back to Bullpen Sessions. My name is Andy Neary. Each week, I sit down with abundant thinkers who are kicking ass in life, and we deconstruct the formulas they have used to have success in business and in life to help you unpack your life, your business, so you can do the same. So put a smile on, grab a pen and a paper, get ready to take a ton of notes because you, my friend, are about to go on a wild ride. Here we go. Hey, hey, welcome back to Bullpen Sessions. My name is Andy Neary, and this is episode 65. This week I sit down with Samson Jagoris. This is part three of a four part series. I'm highlighting local Fort Collins, Colorado entrepreneurs for the month of October. And I'm highlighting entrepreneurs who are having great success doing great things for the community. And Samson's doing just that. He is the chief strategy officer and director of recruiting at Madwire, an exploding marketing and tech company here in Fort Collins. He's the founder of Growthview Properties, a real estate investment firm. He's also the co owner of Pursuit Nutrition and Training Center, a gym located just outside of Fort Collins. So, If you haven't guessed it, we're going to talk balance and time management. How does Samson have time to run all of these businesses and do it successfully? Well, when you learn about his journey, you'll see why he's having such massive success. He's a blue-collar kid from the city of Los Angeles. Discovered the sport of football in his teens, went on to play, start playing Division II football at Western New Mexico University, but actually took it to the next level, uh, earning a scholarship as a fullback at the University of Colorado in the Big 12. And we actually talk about that his mindset as a fullback in football, where your job is to go sacrifice your body to plug, create holes so your running backs can get all the glory. Sampson talks about how that mindset has actually helped him build amazing teams not only at madwire but create an amazing partnerships with the partners he has in both growth view and uh, pursuit nutrition and so today's episode is about balance it's about time management it's about understanding what your purpose is each and every day because in order to do everything samson does every single day at the highest level You have to make sure you show up every day prepared. Something he says in this interview, which I absolutely love, is show up every day as if it's week one, day one. That's the mindset he used to earn a scholarship at the University of Colorado as this walk-on from little unknown Western New Mexico. And it's the same mindset he applies today. So I'm excited to bring him to you. And a quick, quick reminder, quick invite. If you haven't signed up yet for the 10-day holiday challenge, where we are going to be focusing on balance, time management, daily habits. Please do yourself a favor and get on it. All you got to do is text me the word challenge to 414 1462. That's challenge to 414 1462. It's an amazing free 10 day challenge to get you ready for the holidays. And we've got, some, we've got a great prize and a great opportunity for you. So don't miss out. Go do it today. All right. Here's my interview with Samson Shift your mindset. All right, Samson Jagoris, welcome to Bullpen Sessions, man. How are you doing,
1: man? I'm great and honored. Thanks for having me on. This is going to be fun
0: because, uh, as I sh- shared with you, I'm for the month of October. I'm highlighting local Fort Collins entrepreneurs who are just one doing great things, but think abundantly. And are doing great things for the community, which I think you embody all three. So let's just level set. Start right here, Samson. For the audience listening in, mainly it's a lot of sales professionals in the insurance industry, financial industry. My goal is to have a lot of more young athletes um, listening into this podcast as well. For the people who have no clue who you are, why don't you just take us back a little and tell us a little bit about Samson Jagoris? And maybe before we get into the adult, the the, the adult success business version of Samson, who were you before before? Uh, we see what you are today.
1: Yeah, I grew up in uh, Los Angeles, California, blue collar uh, to a blue collar family, skater kid, played baseball, played soccer. Um, I didn't even really love football, but something clicked when I turned 13, 14 years old, decided that I wanted to try it. So showed up to my very first football practice, literally knowing absolutely nothing about football and the coach says you look like a linebacker and I'm like sweet I have no idea what that is <laughs> so we line up to do angle tackle drill and uh, he says okay this guy's gonna run downhill with the ball and you're just gonna hit him with everything that you have so I, like you know kind of hesitantly strap up but I'm ready to like hit somebody you know that 14 year old testosterone att- uh, kicks in and I completely unlace this kid and I get up kind of uncertain like whether or not I do what I was supposed to and the coaches are just like yeah I like freaking out and so that was like okay I got to do this for like a really long time so a lot of that uh, blue collar mindset that I got from my dad growing up and skateboarding, you know, the, that relentless mindset, you, you do a trick a hundred times and bust your ass a hundred times. You realize that if you just do it long enough and hard enough, you'll eventually get there. So I was never the biggest, the fastest or the strongest, but I definitely had a uh, grit. Right. And so I built my entire career on just outworking people, being able to go longer than that. So went through my high school career, fast forward to my senior year, didn't have a, didn't have a ton of looks. Um, but wanted to play football and so I had a mentor that kind of said hey you should go to uh, the University of Western New Mexico and reached out to that coach where he played and like 30 days later I was on a scholarship made my way out to um, to Silver City New Mexico a little tiny town in the middle of nowhere we used to call it Silver City I was gonna
0: ask you I was gonna (laughs) ask you where Western New Mexico is okay Silver City
1: it's like two hours from Tucson and two hours from Las Cruces that's in the middle of nowhere. Like saying, that is
0: nowhere. <laughs> it's no, it's nowhere.
1: And so uh, going into my sophomore season, I knew I didn't want to play D2 football anymore. And so I reached out to my running coach and reached out to my, uh, my good friend who's, you know, become a mentor of mine. And he reached out to Utah in Colorado and they gave me the plug to walk on. And so I transferred after my sophomore year and that's how I ended up in Colorado. So I met my wife. That's how I got into the commodity business, the marketing business. And that's how I've uh, been growing ever since.
0: Let's start right there because I think there's a couple of things we can unpack that, again, if you're a young athlete listening in or somebody, a sales business professional right now, there's some big, big mindset shifts I think we want to talk about. So here you are in Silver City, New Mexico, playing for Western New Mexico University, which is, is that D2? D2, yep. Yeah. D2. You make the decision you're going to jump from D2 to, at that time, the Big 12. I don't think Colorado was in the Pac-12 yet, right?
1: Yep, they're Big 12 okay. stuff. yep.
0: So you're going to jump from Western New Mexico D2 <laughs> to the Big 12. Yep. Um, what, what was the biggest shift for you going from that style of D2 football playing now against teams such as Oklahoma, Oklahoma state, uh, Iowa state, Texas. I mean, big time, big time names here for you. What mindset shift did you have to make?
1: Um, the cool thing was, is I've always just been able to brush off. Like people say like, that's crazy. You can never do that. Right. Um, because i have just always kind of walked to my own drum and just when i decide and commit to do something i can do it um, when you get up to d1 everybody is great like these are all top tier athletes from all across the country and so i've always had like a chip on my shoulder but it's probably that blue collar mentality especially yep. not being pretty good and not getting recruited out of college the way that i wanted to i was always just like a little pissed like i was going to prove everybody <laughs> wrong and so when I showed up to practice every day, I was still a red shirt guy, a red shirt non scholarship guy, walk on. So every single day was like week one, day one, I need to come in and crush it. So I was in practice and I'd be like unlacing people. Like, man, you need to calm down. This is practice. I'm like, bro, I'm trying to take your scholarship. I do not care if you get hurt, to be honest with you. Because for me, it was like, I have to, I burned the boats. There's no, it's junior college or bust for me here, you know? So like I'm all in. So that was the biggest shift of, I ended up breaking up with my girlfriend who was part of the reason I went to Colorado because she was a sorority girl and mom and dad were paying for school and she just wanted to party. And I'm like, I live in a shitty apartment. I got no cell phone, no car, ate freaking top ramen every night. I wake up and train before everybody else is awake. I catch the bus every morning. And if eight months from now, 12 months from now, I'm not back on scholarship. I can't afford this $30,000 a year. So, I was all in. It was like, you know, make it or break it essentially and I think there's something to be said for that.
0: That's awesome because I, I actually a quote I just, you said I just love, every day is day one. Yep. Go in and we, go, whether whether you're in sports or you're, you're, you're in business, go at it as if every day is day one.
1: Yep, I love one that. Because you're always the most fired up, right? So, there's like a reset of your mind. You have to be intentional about, today's the first day. Of, you know the rest of my life effectively.
0: That's awesome and, and, and again you know what you said resonates with me being a former college baseball player I think one of the things that when you look at the athletes in college the ones who who exceed and the ones who flame out um, one big jump for me as a pitcher was holy crap the batting order one through nine is really good. These are all all all-state players wherever they came from, right? You go back to high school, I'm sure you played some teams that you just knew we were as you say unlaced them. We're just going to absolutely crush them for four quarters but you get to college especially at the D1 level like every guy you're going up against was was a hometown hero and all-state player wherever they came from.
1: Yep, 100%. I think the other thing to recognize too is just everybody has the same insecurities that that you do. (laughs)
0: Yes. Um,
1: So they're thinking the same thing like everybody's a top tier yeah. and so I think that there's something to be said about that like aggressive assertive mindset of I'm just willing to go harder than you. You might be better than me but you're gonna tire out before I do and yep. that's how I'll ultimately win because you'll give up.
0: Um. So I assume you you there is a happy ending to this story I assume you became a scholarship player. Yep yeah thankfully. Was there any like you see it on TV nowadays or on YouTube nowadays all these these uh awesome ways that football programs reward their walk-on players with scholarships you know like they got it up on the scoreboard or they bring the team together. Did did, did something similar happen to you and you were told that you you were earning a scholarship?
1: Yeah I mean it's you know the coach brings everybody together at the end of practice and you know has some special announcements to make and it actually happened in spring ball so we weren't in season yet and uh, I had switched from I played linebacker fullback my whole career predominantly came in as a true freshman linebacker got to Colorado was a linebacker and then flipped to fullback and so mainly because I could see there was opportunity but that spring I was like the starting fullback but I was still a walk-on right technically had no scholarship and so yeah the coach made the announcement in front of the whole team and it was it was pretty rare.
0: (laughs) I want to ask you this did that teach you anything because you earned a scholarship in spring uh, of your first season at Colorado. And just not even a year ago, you were playing D2 football in Silver City, New Mexico at Western, Uni- Western Mex- New Mexico University. Anything, did that teach you anything right there and then when you're here getting this Division one scholarship to play Big 12 football?
1: Yeah, I think now I use it as um, just a reminder that you know, people are going to say you're crazy. You're not good enough. You're not capable enough. Um, but if you're committed enough, you can you can make it happen. That's I think awesome. when I first made that decision, I was just will you know blissfully ignorant. Like I was like, I, I don't know. I'm just going to go do it. You know, like <laughs> I I didn't um I didn't really think twice about it. So the you know as you get more into business and you step into arenas where you really think like. Man, a little a little bit of imposter syndrome kicks in, right? Because I'll give you an example, right? I got a degree in human physiology, walked out of school on a Friday, and walked into a stocks and commodities brokerage on a Monday, right? It's like <laughs> threw the last five years of my life out the window and stepped into. The, they're like, "What are you doing? Why would you do that?" Right? And it's like, I don't know. Why wouldn't I do that? So that mindset, that one experience, and proof, and and proving it out has definitely carried forward. I think what done.
0: you just said is important, Samson. Right? Like. When once we get older, for whatever reason it is, when we're about to do something, when people tell us, oh, you can't do that. That's impossible. What do we do? We ponder, right? We start yep. game planning, whiteboarding. What you just said is that added that ignorant attitude of almost like, oh, no, I'm just gonna go do it. Yep. And it's easy to say that when we were 19, 20, 21 years old, but why <laughs> can't we be that way when we're 35, 40? Yeah. Because those I, are the people I, who have massive success are the ones going, I don't know, I'm just gonna go find a way to do it.
1: Yeah, it's totally right. I think I think part of it's just the the perceived risk goes up, you know, you have a family of kids, you have, you know, yeah. all these other things that you got to take care of and responsibilities. Um, some of it's too it's just the identity shift, you know, you're, yes, I was an athlete my whole life and um, getting out of college, you know, you're not really an athlete anymore. So how do you, how do you go find that new thing that you're fired up about and passionate about that you want to go all in on? And uh, I look, I do a lot of mentorship now on helping athletes mm-hmm. kind of make that transition. You know, you, how long did it take you to be at the pinnacle of your game? Probably 10 years of, that given sport, it's going to take you another 10 years to feel like you're at the pinnacle of, you know, whatever industry you step into. Um, but what are the intangible skill sets that you have that translate over to this? Most, most athletes are humble, hungry, smart, greedy, and competitive, and they have a lot of personal accountability. I can't teach you any of that stuff, right? Learning how to sell, learning how to do consulting, learning how to uh, negotiate. That's all something that's learned, learned, right? But by the time you're like 21, 22 like most of who you are is pretty much set it right and there's it's very hard to change it at that point so Mm -hmm. i just really lean into those things right it's like hey i'm more competitive i'm humble i'm hungry i'm smart i'm gritty and uh and that's carried me pretty far well
0: one i want to say thank you for being a mentor it's something i'm starting to dive into and want to be more involved with is mentoring young athletes who are transitioning from high school college sports into the business into the, the real world because it, let's face it so many few get that chance to, to move on to the next level professional sports um, and you know something I think a lot of athletes deal with like you said you think about sales, comp- sales companies sales organizations they want to hire athletes because they got that grit they got that competitiveness but I know I can speak for myself Samson that being an athlete who has played at a very high level you also did you also battle the comparison issues. Oh, man! You battle the judgment issues, right? In, in sports, you are literally judged with your peers and your competition with stats. Yep. And last question I want to ask you about your time at playing for the Buffaloes, and it's it's I'm a, I'm a, we're sports nerds. I could talk about this all day, <laughs> but being a fullback, so you made the transition to fullback, yep. and at one, it's a position that. Really doesn't exist as much anymore, right? <laughs> no. And because everybody runs a spread offense. Being a Bad Wisconsin Badger fan, I'm still proud we have our fullbacks. I know. Um, but as a fullback, your job is literally to go in, get your face crushed, and try to crush somebody else to pave the way for a teammate. Yep. That has that taught you anything that you have taken now into your business life, where? Like I said, the fullback is one of the most unsung heroes there is on the football field. Your job is to create holes and opportunities for others while you literally sacrifice yourself. Has that taught you anything?
1: Well, yeah. First off, I always jokingly say that I was a glorified guard. Um, (laughs) uh, Like I got the rock thrown to me like maybe once or twice. And of course, one time was when I had a broken wrist and it just like ricocheted off and never got a ball ever again after that. But um and when it comes to just leadership, I think that, um, you can, you can have a lot more success and business and life when you're not the person that has to have all the ideas or, or has to be the person that's always carrying the rock. And so a lot of how I've built my companies now is just find great partnerships or hire great people, pay them well, and then coach them, mentor them so that they can go have a ton of success. The byproduct is if they win, you win, right? It's a yeah. team sport. It, it's about getting the ball over the line, whether it's me that puts it in or him that puts it in. I don't really care. At the end of the day, it's did we win or did we did we lose, right? Yes, uh,
0: the way you said that was beautiful because that's that's where I want to go now. Let's let's talk about Samson Jagora's post football. Yeah. Um, you got into commodities trading, but today I'm just I'm going to read this again to make sure uh, <laughs> people understand. Um, number one. You are still the uh, chief strategy officer at Madwire. Correct. You're also the dire- director of recruiting. Correct. You are founder of GrowthView, which is a, a growth View properties, a real estate company. Correct. And you're also co-founder of Persu- uh, Pursuit Nutrition Training Center, a gym.
1: Correct. How the hell do you do all of that? <laughs> it's what I just said. You hire good people and you and you pay them well or you partner up with the right the right people and they kind of fill in your... The gaps in your skill set. Um, it's something that I think I have a superpower: just recognizing what people are really good at and putting them in a position to win, even if they don't recognize it. Um, primarily, Madwire has been uh, my main source of income. You know, I helped scale that company from you know about five million to over a hundred million, built five departments, hired north of four hundred people. Um, last year, I was really responsible for. I had two other partners, and we we oversaw 16 direct reports and about 350 people on on a marketing team. Um my skill set is really just people and organizational leadership. COVID, life, things change and we're kind of shifting that company towards um more of like marketing uh, technology first with services layered on top. And so, you know, being in strategic business development, a lot of what I've done there is just take things that are ethereal and complex and try to give them a framework and, and uh, some sort of like playbook that people can go execute on. So now I'm working on SASIFying our product, um, but I have a good team of people, you know, I have three people on my team, one that specializes in content and two designers. And so we strategize together and then I really just like delegate and help project manage that stuff. Um, I don't necessarily have to do all the work myself. On the, on the gym side, I just have a great partner And we hired great coaches and we've strategically um, put those people in a position to win, whether it's um, making them, one person focuses on sales, the other person focuses on running the gym and the day to day. My job is really to just, you know, push the numbers around and marketing and finances and stuff like that. And then on the, um, on the real estate side, um, I just have, you know, four great partners, right? And we all have key roles. My job is to be the president and to be the uh, capital markets, capital development guy. And then I have another guy who literally is a commercial underwriter for a bank. So, you know, nobody's gonna be better at doing financial modeling than that guy is, right? And then his dad who's also one of our partners was, you know, 31 years, of McDonald's franchising, he had seven McDonald's that he ran in Midtown Manhattan. Nobody can manage an asset better than that guy can, right? So, I could do In a, lo- do all in a
0: location things. like that.
1: <laughs> Correct. So, I could do all those things, right? But it's, you get a whole heck of a lot more done by just working together in a team environment. And I think that, um I always think about uh, building a, a business, not necessarily just being an entrepreneur. So, you know, being in marketing and working with small businesses, i poke my head inside of thousands of small businesses and you see what works and what doesn't work. And a lot of times what happens is you got one person trying to do all these things and they're just kind of winging it as they go. You know, I'd rather go slow to go fast, which is really plan with the end in mind of, you know, what happens when we have, you know, 10X the people or 10X the asset center management. How do we tackle it then? Because if we're not building a business now for that, we're definitely not going to be ready for that in the future. Well, so, you said your ability.
0: I would say you said you're a people person, and I want to ask two two questions here for you on yeah. that because I think surrounding yourself with the right tribe, the right community, is so important. And so, as director of recruiting at Madwire, taking it from five million to a hundred million, which is unbelievable, you've had to, you've had to hire so many people so fast. I imagine. Yep. How do you still maintain the integrity? of trying to find the right people and then when it comes to your other businesses what what personality traits what what do you look for in the peop- in people that you want to partner with cuz you know with your with all those businesses you have some ownership in you got to have a lot of trust in your partners right So what is it again kind of a two-part question in the massive growth of Madwire, how do you maintain the integrity of of hiring the right people when you're hiring so many bodies and at the same time with your other the businesses you have ownership in, how do you make sure you have the right partners? What do you look for in people?
1: So yeah part one hiring the right people. Um, You can hire off of skill set. I think that those are a dime a dozen. Everybody has a degree now. Um, In fact like maybe the only differentiating thing is people have a master's degree. So having a degree isn't really a differentiating factor anymore. So how do I take, you know, within a matter of reading a resume, seeing them go through some different aptitude tests and having maybe like two interviews with them, recognize that this is the type of person that we want on our team. So I look for intangible qualities, right? And it's those five things, humble, hungry, smart, gritty, competitive. And, and the sixth one kind of wraps all those up. is just extreme ownership or, or personal accountability. Um, Because at the end of the day, I don't have time to babysit you, right? We're hiring adults. And so I don't care if you're, you know, fresh out of college or you're 10 years into your career, you know, I want to know those things about you. And so that comes out in the questions that you ask. Um, In terms of, you know, scaling that up, I can't, there's no way I can do all of it. Um, I can't hire for every single department. So leveraging a lot of technology and process and systems to try to streamline and make sure everybody's being hired in the same fashion that we're all looking for the same qualities that we're asking some of the same questions. And it's going to vary a little bit. Obviously if you're a, you know, a software engineer or a designer or a salesperson, you know, there's some nuance to your skill set that I need to make sure I understand. But at the end of the day, in order to be on a team, you got to be humble, hungry, smart, greedy, and competitive. And I can't, I cannot teach you those things. Right. I love that. And so, yeah, so that's the key there in terms of partnerships. I mean, some of it's a little bit, um, you know, like in the gym business, like one of the partners, we had to ask him to step out of the business mainly because he just wasn't bringing anything to the table. Um, we were doing all the heavy lifting and he was just kind of there basically like a glorified employee. So, I mean, it's similar qualities, but I surround myself with people who are driven, like incredibly driven and they can't be more driven than me. You know, it's my number one sign to know that we're not going to be friends is when I say, Hey man, what's going on? What's new in your life? Like, ah, same old. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you working on? Like, you got anything excited going on? Like, nah, nah, just yeah, this same shit, different day. It's like, okay, cool. I, I like you, but we're not going to be tight. Like I know a lot of people, but my circle is very, very tight because I want people who are going to push me. You know, if I'm the smartest guy in the room or the most successful guy in the room, I'm I'm in the wrong room. I want to hang out with people that make more money than me, that have more success than me, that are more further along in their career than me. And if that's, if you're not doing, you're not driven and motivated as I am, then we're probably not going to have a lot of stuff in common because I definitely don't care to just hang out and talk about football or what the stats were or politics or anything like that. I'm all about making impact. And I only got so much time in my life to do that because one day I am going to die, you know? five years ago, I had a, maybe it's six years ago now, I had a pretty uh, serious panic attack and went on for a year of having just terrible anxiety and, um, and a little bit of depression that I dealt with. And I had a, the thing that clicked was, why are you so, why are you so freaked out? Like, what's, what are you worried about? What are you anxious about? And when you have a panic attack, you feel like you're having a heart attack and you're going to die. Right. And so I was afraid of dying because I still had so much stuff that I wanted to do. Right. And so I didn't want to look back on my life and say, why didn't I do that stuff? So when you ask me like, why do I have a gym? Why do I do real estate? Because everybody else says one day, someday, oh, I hope so. Or after this or the next time. And it's like, I got too much shit I want to do for that to happen. So I'm just going to go figure it out. And I might be a little stressed, but at the end of the day, I know what my priorities are. I know that my family is the most important thing to me. And so everything else, I just kind of back in around that and uh, you'll make it work and if you go long enough and hard enough you'll get there I think we overestimate what we can do in one year and really undervalue what we can do in three years or five years and so I'm playing the long game on everything. I uh, love that you said
0: that man you know I, I'll tell you my biggest fear that I wake up with every day is not living up to my potential Yep, Agreed. because it's what it's what what happened when I got to pro baseball. Um, mm-hmm. I let a lot of limiting beliefs impact me which the allowed me disallowed me to not play at the potential I knew I was capable of and you're, you couldn't have been more right. And the other thing too you talked about you know I might meet you you might be a great person doesn't mean you and I are gonna become very connected I, I heard Darren Hardy say this once in your group of friends your community you're gonna have three minute friends you're gonna have three hour friends and you're gonna have three day friends right and right. try to spend it try to do whatever you can to spend as much time as you can with the three-day friends Yep. and uh, and unfortunately those three-minute friends might be childhood friends, they might be family but you have to put yourself around people who like you said are gonna challenge you and that are gonna force you to play show up every day like it's day one, right? Right,
1: exactly and I I can attest to that too for from a family side I've had to arm's length a lot of my family (laughs) just because we think differently.
0: Yep, absolutely. So let's finish like kind of the last part of this interview on what makes Samson ticks. I think you were kind of going there. I I wanted to ask you the question of like, okay, so here I sit looking at you. You're part of a large marketing tech company. You own a real estate company. You own a gym. What made you just say, I'm going to go do it all? Like those industries really aren't tied, right? But what made you want to continue just growing out um into different industries different companies is it just that constant desire to seek growth
1: i think it's growth but i think it's just purpose you know i, I um i got really out of shape a while ago um, you know, I have a degree in By the way,
0: by the way, we lived. Uh, just so everybody knows, we lived in the same condo complex for a little bit. Yep. And if you saw Samson at the pool, you would know um, this dude is not out of shape anymore. <laughs> well, same can be said for you. I was trying to get my six
1: pack like yours, and he was always out there, just like, did you have baby oil on? I think. He just, Why is he so glossy and just so shredded? <laughs> uh, let's move uh, on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. But you said purpose.
1: Yeah, it's purpose. So I tend to go when I get really passionate about something, I tend to go all in on it. Like, I'm not just a, I don't want to like kind of understand it. Like, I want to know it deeply and fully. And then when I understand it fully, I can put everybody else onto it and help other people. So I got really out of shape, had a degree in physiology. Um, I got you know, I have all this knowledge, but I'm not using it, right? So it, was, it wasn't was really about the nutritional side of it. It wasn't really about the training side of it. It was more the mental habit formation side of it. But I got in stupid shape. And so when I got in stupid shape, people were like, hey, can you help me too? And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Pretty soon I had like 30 people that I was helping. I'm like, wow, this is a real business. I didn't really know if I wanted this. So then I brought two more people onto my team and then pretty soon they had like 20 or 30 people. So you know what it was about for us was if we can help people change their life through nutrition and training they'll make a fundamental shift in like everything else that they do they'll have more confidence they'll make more impact in their home life etc so what what makes me tick is i love seeing other people get what they want um and that gives me a lot of purpose and meaning to my life so uh, that's what kind of, you know, triggered the gym, being a part of Madwire, you know, we believe that if we can help small businesses grow, we can profoundly change the world. They make up 70% of the U.S. economy. So you help a small business, you know, think about how much impact you're making in that local economy and there's the ripple effect. And then obviously we bring revenue back to Northern Colorado and that's a big one too. Uh, when it comes to real estate, it's, you know, it's it's about securing financial legacy for myself as, as well as for the investors that we work with. Um, so I, I think about it and we've talked about this a little bit, but it's, you know, it's your ikigai. It's where your your yes. mission, your passion, your vocation, and your purpose kind of all come together. And uh, I believe that when, at the center of that, I believe that I was put here as a blue collar guy from California who really has no examples of successful entrepreneurs, no examples of wealth or anything in their life. And and people look at me and they go, this dude can do it. I can do it too, right? And And when you understand that, you realize that you know other aspects of your life all influence each other like i can't be at the top of my game to do that and make that much impact if i'm not healthy right mm-hmm. and i can't who cares if i'm at the top of the game if i don't have my family right and so we all know those people who incredibly successful entrepreneur and horrible you know relationship with their kids or horrible relationship with their wife or Sick physique and roller coaster dating life, or weekend alcoholic, or whatever it may be. So a lot of life is just imbalanced. The challenge is, is most people they are good at certain aspects. Right, there's these pillars in your life. Right, you got your your family, your finances, your career, your spiritual development, right, your mindset and your intellect, right, and and your your faith. And so. You know, if you grew up in a, in a really healthy family, you're, you probably are more inclined to be good at the health part of your business. That's how I was. When I was eight years old, my dad was 35 years old. He had a stroke. Um, you want to talk about a family quickly getting good, about taking care of your nutrition, exercising, in a time of my life which was very impactful. So I grew up my whole life. Like, that was kind of natural for me to get into that. But, you know, we didn't have, you know, we never talked about in my house. We never talked about money. We never talked about finances, investing. And there's a reason that my parents are in their 60s and literally have zero money to retire on because that wasn't wasn't a skill set that they ever took the time to develop, right? And so it's pretty hard to go somewhere if you don't even know where you're trying to go. So like, what do you want for your family? What does that look like? What do you want for your health? What do you want for your finances and your career? And when you get really clear on that, it becomes a lot easier to go and get it. And you can have it all. I think there's this misconception that you know, I have to sacrifice one for the other. And that's just simply not true because they all actually work together, you know?
0: Well, and you, I think you already answered a question I wanted to ask you. You know, you talked about Ikigai. I had heard Jay Shetty on a recent YouTube video talk about Ikigai and what that means. And um, I wanted to ask you what impact means to you. And I think you did such a, a great job answering it right there because for, you know, I struggle with that Um, being a, a new coach performance coach Samson it's you know what impact am I bringing and I realize you know my story is the story of being average like I grew up with in a good family middle class like I'm the definition of average right and I think a lot of people when they they see so many people with massive success and it was always it was about because they came from such bad beginnings And I think a lot of people who didn't have that, they had normal childhood struggle to go like, what's my story? And I think that's the impact I realized I am making with this coaching is like, everybody has a story. You have, and and you can make an impact no matter how hard, how bad, or how normal your life was and is. Yep.
1: So what's it? Oh, go ahead. Just to piggyback off that, I would just say that um, one of the shifts that I've really had is- people, because people are afraid to go get really good at that one thing, investing, uh, career development, uh, entrepreneurship, whatever it is, it, I've been put here, um, to lead other people. And so if I get good at it and I bring other people with me without really wanting anything necessarily in return from it, that's fulfilling to me. Right. Mm -hmm. We, you know, I think, I think the, the difference is, is like achievement versus fulfillment, right. I'm really focused on what are the things that give me energy, it's the things that fulfill me. I have a dope house, drive nice cars, that's amazing. It still doesn't make me feel fulfilled. What makes me feel fulfilled is when somebody comes to me and says, hey, Samson, I wanna learn how to invest in real estate, and I say, great, here's your next five steps, and they go do it, and then they go execute on it, right? That's fulfilling to me, so Mm -hmm. I think that as leaders, um, when you're as salespeople, as professionals, whatever it may be, if you're just focused on helping other people get what they want, you're gonna get a lot of stuff back in return, you know?
0: Not surprised being a fullback. Your job <laughs> was to go block, yep. when that running back cuts the hole makes it into the pay dirt, they get all the glory. This camera's on them and Samson goes runs off on the sideline, says, oh, I just did my job again. <laughs> That's the same. it's really the same it's thing. You love, you love that aspect of making others shine, which is, which is awesome. Quick question for you, some advice if somebody's listening in and balance you, you use the word balance and it's so hard to find these days right with COVID people work from home your kids might be being your kids might be homeschooled right now. You being somebody who is a father a husband owning uh, maybe not owning but running and part of three separate companies. Right. What advice would you give somebody about balance right now.
1: I think it's actually imbalance you have to know when to turn it off. Like when I'm on dad mode, I'm on dad mode. And when I'm on husband mode, I'm on husband mode. I'm when I'm in business mode, I'm on business mode. You know, we all have these different identities. We're not just one thing. Right. And so you have to be able to, to turn it off and really focus in on those areas of your life. So I'm a master of my calendar. Um, from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed, every single thing is booked out. And so, um, I just hired an assistant this year and that's like a big part of her job is to just keep my calendar organized so that I don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once that's kind of freed up, I don't, I don't need to, like a lot of people say, Oh, I sit down and I plan what I'm going to do for the next day at the end of every day and, or I wake up and I think about it. I'm three weeks out. I, I pull up my calendar. I'm like, here's what I'm doing today. You know what I mean? I don't have to actually think about it too much. Um, so when you get really good at those systems and strategizing that way, I think it gets a lot easier. I think if you haven't read the book, getting things done by David Allen, it's an incredible read. Um, there's just so much information coming at us on a daily basis. So, you know, what do you do with that stuff and organize, how do you organize that stuff? Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just about imbalance. And and more importantly, on top of that, it's like, what do you want? You know, like the relationship I want with my kids, you know, they say that girls are so sweet when they're younger and they get more challenging when they get into high school. One. What I want is, I don't want that to happen. I'm not, I'm not going to concede to that. So I'm really trying to build that relationship now and date my daughters. So when they get to high school, I don't have to say as much as much as they're just. I've ingrained it for the last, you know, sixteen, That's seventeen awesome. years of their life. You know what I mean? I love that. that well, makes and sense. T-
0: and time management right now is a superpower.
1: Oh, 100%. and if you
0: if you can harness it, it's it's going to do magical things for you. So let's wrap up here, man. A couple a couple things, uh, questions I want to ask. Um, that I think is so cool. On, on your growth view website, yep. you have the word legacy. What does that mean to you?
1: It's uh, leaving a mark that outlasts your life. Hmm. And that's a lot bigger than just, you know, making money. It's ultimately if you had more money and you had more time, which is what we're all chasing, what would you do with it? You'd give back more of your money and more of your time to go do the things that you really are passionate about. And those two things can coexist. Mm -hmm. Um, So again, if you help other people get what they want while you're simultaneously focused on building what you want, you'll get a whole lot, a lot more fulfillment out of it real time. And you'll ultimately um, you ultimately leave a mark. That's just way bigger than you. So if if you've been following me on social, I'm really like part of hiring my assistant was also to help build my content, my brand, because I'm trying to build a massive platform. It's not even about me. It's about the bigger that my platform is, the more impact that I can ultimately yep. make, and um, and so part of like through Growth View, we're standing up as a five hundred one c three, and creating an endowment fund where we can make investments in charities that we care about in perpetuity.
0: Yeah, and I think that's that's what I wanted to ask you as well because uh, I definitely love the fact you guys at Growth View take some of the equity and you give back to
1: organizations you support. Who are what are some of those some of those organizations? Um, so the Tim Bowen Foundation. One of the things that's near and dear to my heart is just human trafficking. Um, that's something that I think is getting brushed under the rug, and it's, it's a hot button right now that's getting overlooked. Yes, it is. Well, and especially being a you know a father to two little girls, you know, and so yep. I think a lot about that. Like if something happened to my girls, you know how terrible that would be. Uh, and another big organization that's particularly near and dear to our heart is Operation Second Chance, which is. Uh, helping veterans make that transition from, you know, the military life into civilian life and really get back on their feet and, and some of the counseling and things that they need to kind of get their career started. So those would be the two, the two biggest ones, but we awesome. all have different things that we care about, whether it's, yep. you know, funding your own mission or, you know, being able to have more time to participate in your church or something like that. And so that's why, you know, structuring an endowment is the best way to do that, right? As is, yep. is I can create this you know charitable giving fund in perpetuity and you know the other side of that too is I can give the money to the government or I can you know put it into this charity and do stuff that I really care about. Yeah
0: cool that's awesome man so let's finish here. Number one somebody wanted to reach out on you on on social media where are the best places to find you? Uh, LinkedIn
1: is incredible if you want to network you want to talk about becoming a passive investor you want to talk more just about real estate and business and entrepreneurship in general that's probably the best medium if you want to see a little bit more about what's going on in my life. Instagram, samson.jagoras. That's S-A-M-S-O-N.J-A-G-O-R-A-S. You can also catch me on Facebook. I'm not spending as much time there as I probably once was. And I'm really really getting ready to ramp up my uh, YouTube channel. Sweet. So really touch on the topics of real estate investing, uh, entrepreneurship, and leadership.
0: And last but not least, connection wise, something near and dear to my heart, you do some speaking as well. So uh, if somebody wanted to reach out to you uh, for speaking opportunities, um, what are some of the topics that you speak on that would be relevant to what they're what they're looking for?
1: Uh, leadership is probably one of the core topics that I talk about specifically. Okay. Um, whether that's personal leadership, you know, the first person you lead is yourself, ultimately, um, or just motivational, right? Um, you know, I, I talk a lot of just about greatness and uh, and you know, purpose and uh, finding what that is and being able to leverage that to kind of take yourself to the next level.
0: Awesome. Samson, um, I really enjoyed this conversation, man. Thank you for Thanks, taking boss. the time Appreciate to be here. Uh, guys listening in, I, the reason I wanted Samson on, remember this is uh, for Collins entrepreneurs who are doing great things, having great success and Samson's definitely one of them. Um, I love the fact we talked about your fullback career because I think it's very, its, it, it's a, it tells a very important message about why you've been successful in so many different ventures because you are so good at building the right team and letting others shine which at the end of the day lets you shine as well well and so with that being said if you guys were listening in i hope you took a lot of notes there's nothing stopping you from going after what you want right now when others tell you that you know you're stupid to think that way it's ridiculous there's no way you can achieve that take take lessons from Samson here. He's a, a, a Los Angeles kid that played D2 football, ended up playing big 12 football and here he is now building what I would call a beautiful empire, the Samson Jagoras empire. So Thanks, uh, Samson, one more time, thank you again. And guys Appreciate listening you in, you remember what happens when clarity and confidence collide, action happens. Go make it happen today.
1: Shut your mind
0: Hey, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you're finding bullpen sessions to be valuable to your business in your life, do me a favor. Please go to Apple. Please subscribe. Give it a five-star rating. And if you have anybody else in your life, whether it's in your personal tribe or in your business that could also be impacted by listening to these episodes, do me a favor. Share the bullpen sessions with them. I'd be extremely grateful. And until next time, go out, make it happen today. Put a smile on your face and have some fun.